Good morning and welcome to First Presbyterian Church. We are so glad that you're here with us. Before we begin our worship service, just want to make a few announcements. These are all in the back of your bulletin except one. Uh, the first is that the session met on Monday and welcomed Fred Neighbors into community membership of First Presbyterian Church. I'm looking for Fred. I don't see him. Anyway, we're, we want to. if you see Fred, make sure to welcome him uh, into our fellowship. Also, midweek, our Wednesday night Bible study and dinner will resume this coming Wednesday night, so we'd love for you to come out for that. Uh, details are in the bulletin. Also, all women are invited to the 2024 workshop created for connection. The event will be located on the campus of RTS in Jackson, and the date and times are there in your bulletin. Uh, finally, one that was not in your bulletin, I was asked to tell you for tomorrow's women's Bible study to read Hebrews 2, if you plan on participating in that. Again, welcome. We're glad that you're here with us. Let's take a few moments now to prepare our hearts to worship the living God. Would you please stand for our call to worship from Psalm 103. This is God's word. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. 
who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Would you please pray with me? God, you have redeemed our lives from the pit of sin and death. We're here to glorify in your name. Would you give us your Holy Spirit this morning? Fill us with your Spirit and lead us by your Spirit as we worship you. And give us uh, great encouragement, great conviction, not only of our sin, but of your great grace that is always greater than our sin this morning. Lord, lead us, open our hearts to receive your word again this morning. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would remain standing, we'll sing our first hymn, which is hymn 53. Hymn 53, praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Let's worship together.
You may be seated. Our New Testament reading this morning comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And you are free, feel free to turn there in a Bible if you would like so. This is 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. This is God's word. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you see in our bulletin, we come now to the corporate confession of sin. And as we have read in 1 John chapter 1, um, if we say we have no sin, we make him a liar. So we acknowledge our sin together as a body. We acknowledge our sin to God individually and silently before him. And so first we'll confess our sin together out loud with the prayer that is written in the bulletin. And then we'll have a time of silent confession of sin. And this is a moment in which we come before God in complete honesty, and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness covers all our sin, which leads us further into the service where we experience the grace of God. So would you please read this prayer with me? Almighty God, we confess our iniquities and ask that you pardon all the sins of this day, week, year, and all the sins of our lives. Pardon sins of hard-heartedness, unbelief, presumption, and pride. Pardon sins of deception, injustice, and untruthfulness in our dealings with others. Pardon our impurity in thoughts, words, and deeds. Pardon our prayer irreverently offered and coldly withheld. Pardon our time misspent and our quenching the Holy Spirit. Pardon all our sins, known and unknown, felt and unfelt, confessed and not confessed, remembered and forgotten. Good Lord, hear and hearing forgive. For we ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take a few moments now to go before the Lord individually, individually and silently.
Lord, we come before you this morning uh, with many things on our minds, many things that we bring to you in prayer, and many things that we are simply distracted by. God, you know our hearts, you know our lives, you know everything that's happening with us, within us, and you know us completely, and you don't back away, you come closer, and you embrace us as the Father embraced his son, who returned from a far-off country. Lord, we long to know you better. We long to trust you more. So as we confess our sins before you, we know that you forgive us and that you love us and that you will always be gracious to us. So we thank you as we bring our sins before you for your forgiveness and for the life that we have in you. And God, as we are praying, we remember uh, Gene Davis's brother, and we mourn the loss of Dr. Billy Davis with Gene, with uh, Billy's wife, Diane, and the rest of their family, and we pray that you would have your hand upon them in a special way during this time. God, be gracious to them and comfort them and lead them uh, to your throne of grace and peace. And God, as we move into further into this service, we pray that you would speak to us clearly through your word. As Pastor Heath opens again your word to us, Lord, we ask that you would enlighten us through your word, that you would bring power through your spirit uh, by your word into our lives, that you would do these things uh, by your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we read in 1 John chapter 1, hear God's pardon, his assurance of pardon. As we read, if we have no sin, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God has done this for you. Thanks be to God. Would you please stand for our next hymn now, which is hymn 498, Jesus, What a Friend for Sinners. Let's sing.
may be seated. We'll take up our morning tithes and offerings at this time, and as we have sung and read and heard, we follow the example of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in giving as he gave to us. So as you have been blessed and received more than you can ever ask or imagine, we are instructed to give back to the Lord for his glory, for his kingdom, and we'll do that now as the music plays.
Let us pray. Father, we thank you for, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God who sees to all of our needs and provides for us. And so we give this offering to you now and ask that you would use it for your own glory. And also now that you would bless the, the reading, the hearing, and the preaching of your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I would invite you to turn with me now in the scriptures to Psalm 32. Psalm 32, we will be reading verses 1 through 5. Hear God's word. A mascal of David. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And this ends this reading of God's word. The last... This is the third week. I'm working through a brief series on worship, and we've talked about uh, hearing, listening to a sermon about hearing God's call to worship. This week, I want to talk about confession of sin and assurance of pardon. So three points to talk about that. Why we need to confess our sin, why we don't want to confess our sin, and what can happen when we do confess our sin. Number one, why we need to confess. Well, the basic answer to that is that unconfessed sin is powerful. And confessed sin is the only you know, counterbalance to the power of unconfessed sin. So if you look at our passage in verses 3 and 4, David says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. So the Jewish commentator Robert Alter makes the point that verse 3 seems to be a contradictory statement by David. David talks about feeling guilt over his sin, but staying silent about it. But he also says he groaned all day long. So which was it? Was he silent over his sin, or was he groaning over his sin? And the Hebrew is actually stronger than groaning. It literally means roaring. It's the same word used to describe the roar of a lion. So how can David be both silent and roaring like a lion at the same time? And Alter says, as a quote, attempts to resolve the contradiction between silence and roaring here have been unavailing. The text looks suspect. He says it doesn't make any sense. How did it get into our Bible? But the paradox here really isn't that hard to figure out. 
David says he was silent. Then he says his bones wasted away through his roaring all day long. And we talked about the Hebrew idea of bones last week. Uh, David is talking about not only what's going on externally, that he's silent, but also internally, that on his insides he is roaring. Externally he is silent, he's not confessing his sin. But internally he's groaning and roaring He's experiencing guilt and chaos. So a while back I preached on Psalm 22 and I mentioned the same concept in passing. In Psalm 22 verse 1 David says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? It's the same Hebrew word. Why are you so far from saving me from this roaring that I'm feeling? And in that psalm, David set the words to the tune, meant to be sung, the doe of the dawn. And David is saying there, when you have unconfessed sin, you always feel like you're being hunted down. Like something's out to get you. There's this nagging feeling on the inside that you're guilty, that you're going to be caught, that you're going to be trapped, that you're going to get it. Like some invisible hunter is out there somewhere with the scope looking to get you right in his crosshairs. And it could come down at any minute. And see, living like this, living with internal roaring, with that nagging feeling that God is out to get you, can cause all sorts of problems. Not just in your inner life, but also in your external life. Uh, there's a book that's really become rather famous in recent years called The Body Keeps the Score by the psychiatrist Bezel van der Kolk. He argues in that book that if you experience trauma and try to suppress it, that it will wreak havoc on your body. If you're internally hurting and diseased, you'll ultimately become externally hurt and diseased. Your bones will waste away, as David says because of your roaring. Your internal pain will cause problems in your body. As David says, it, your strength will be dried up. You'll lose your inner energy and your body will suffer because of it. Now, have you ever thought about the fact that you can go on two hours of sleep any given night and then still work like a maniac that following day if you're motivated? But you could also sleep all day and just lie around and never feel like doing anything. You can, get, you can eat plenty of calories, you can get plenty of sleep and feel like doing nothing, or you can go without food and sleep two hours and still work like a maniac because you're motivated, because your, your energy isn't just physical. It's also spiritual. In Psalm 138, David says, this verse 3, On the day I called God, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. See, there is such a thing as strength of soul. And the strength of your soul affects everything that you do. And so your body often keeps the score of what's going on inside of you. David's experiencing this in our passage. You know, in Genesis